If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Do you want to learn how to manage your own investments? Are you ready to stop paying investment management fees and start building wealth? The DIY Investing Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, and resources you need to be a better investor. Learn how to make investments through the use of fundamental analysis, mental models, and business management insights. Now, here's your host, value investing expert, Trey Henninger. Hello and welcome to the DIY Investing Podcast. My name is Trey Henniger and I'm your host. In today's episode, I want to discuss 10 bagger investments. If you haven't already, please consider giving this podcast a rating and review. You can simply hit pause and rate this podcast in your podcast player, whether that's the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or another player. I would really appreciate your support in doing so because your ratings and reviews help me to grow the podcast audience and become a more successful podcast. So thank you very much. Also consider sharing this podcast with one of your friends and family members if you consider it helpful to you because they might also be able to benefit from the podcast. So let's dive right on in with what I should begin with. What is a 10-bagger investment? A 10-bagger investment is when you purchase a stock and you earn 10 times your money on the investment. Specifically, I'm going to be talking about earning 10 times your money on an investment over a single 10-year time period. So that would be like you you purchase $10,000 worth of stock, and at the end of the 10-year time period, you have $100,000 without adding additional money to that investment. It simply goes up 10 times in value. So we're going to discuss how you can earn 10x on your money in 10 years. I think this is a really worthwhile thing for investors to consider. I think it's very helpful because even if you fail to achieve a 10x return, these characteristics of investments that are able and capable of earning 10x on your money are the same investments that are likely to earn you 8x on your money if it misses the mark or potentially even more than 10x your money. So these are investments that are going to be very attractive. They're going to be very useful and helpful for your portfolio to be able to find and identify the characteristics that lead to these types of investment. My goal for this podcast is to discuss some examples of what it means to earn 10x your money. What are those types of changes that take place in a portfolio in an investment over the course of 10 years that allow you to earn 10 times your money in a 10-year period? So let's discuss what this means in terms of rate of return. If you're investing $10,000 today in 2020, how much is your rate of return if you have $100,000 in 2030 without adding any additional money? So that 10x return represents a 25.8% rate of return 
in any individual year. And that's annualized cumulatively over that time period. So in comparison, this 25% annualized rate of return massively exceeds the average 10% rate of return in the stock market. So what we're seeing here is that if you're able to earn 10x your money in 10 years, you're going to massively outperform the market. It also means that this is relatively hard to achieve. And so you need to look for certain characteristics in order to achieve that. In order to explain these characteristics, I want to show you what it means instead of simply telling you at the beginning. And at the end of this episode, I will discuss the characteristics in detail, but I want to begin with a few examples. So the three examples I want to discuss today are first, a Davis double play example, second, a deep value example, and third, a hypergrowth example. We begin with my favorite example and the one that I think I look for the most in my investments and most relates to my personal investing philosophy, and that's the Davis double play. So what we're talking about here is, again, a 10-bagger. So we're 10xing our money in 10 years. I'm being repetitive in order to explain and make sure you understand kind of how these things go together because it can be kind of counterintuitive when you think through what this means. But what we're saying is we're going to start with the assumption that we're going to buy our stock at $10 per share with the goal of selling the stock at $100 per share sometime in the next 10 years. So if done over a 10-year period, we know this is a 25% plus rate of return. But what is the anatomy of that return? What is, how does this break down between earnings per share growth um, and multiple expansion? Because these are the two different levers with which we can achieve rates of return. So we're going to assume that we're starting in year one with earnings per share of $1. And that that earnings per share is going to double every five years. So that means in year after five years, your earnings per share is now $2 per share. And in year 10, it doubles again, and you're at $4 per share. So over the course of 10 years, we go from $1 per share to $4 per share. So our earnings have quadrupled in 10 years. Not 10x, but 4x. And the second piece here... And what does that represent? That represents an earnings growth rate of 14.8%. That's pretty fast growth. That's pretty fast earnings per share growth, but it's achievable. You can find companies out there that might be able to double their earnings over a five-year time period and may be able to do it over multiple five-year time periods. So that's going to be one of the things you're going to look for, trying to find companies that can double their earnings every five years. But the second piece here is also important. Your starting buy price is $10 per share. So we started with an earnings per share of $1, which means that our starting multiple was a PE of 10. You're going to buy the stock at a price to earnings multiple of 10. And our sell price is $100 per share. That means our price to earnings multiple at the end of the period is 25. And what you're looking for here. It's 25 because 4 times 25 is equal to $100 per share. What we're trying to find here are companies that are capable of becoming overvalued. So a normal stock market multiple in normal time period might be a price-to-earnings ratio of 15. So what we're doing with this Davis Double Play is we're finding companies that are able to grow their earnings as fast or faster than the stock market 
and are trading at a cheap price. So they have sustainable, reliable, high growth rates, or what you might consider medium growth rates, able to grow in this low double-digit range. But you're able to buy them at a cheap price, so you're lower than that 15... (coughs) You're lower than that 15... um, PE ratio, you're getting in at a 10 PE ratio, but you're selling at a high PE ratio of 25. So this is your buy low, sell high, but you're getting the double benefit. So in order to get that 25% plus rate of return, in our example here, you're having a 14.8% contribution from the earnings growth rate and a 9.6% contribution from the multiple expansion. So you're not getting just the earnings growth or just the multiple expansion. You're getting both. And that's where this Davis double play idea comes in. You're earning money because the earnings are growing and the multiple being paid on those earnings is growing as well, which means you're getting the dual benefit of higher earnings and a higher multiple. When you're able to combine those, you're able to start getting these greater than 20% rate of returns. And here in our example is a 25% rate of return. Now, you're not going to be able to achieve this with all of your investments. And if you can, then you should probably start a hedge fund because you're going to be quite successful if you're able to earn an average of 25% on your investments. But for the investments you can identify, this can be a very huge boost to the potential return in your portfolio. So what have we learned from this example? We're looking for companies at a low price, a PE of 10 or less, which is less than the market average. We also want those companies to have a higher than market average growth rate. They want to have a growth rate exceeding 10%. So here's our example of 14% growth in your earnings in order to double every five years and achieve that $1 earnings per share growth into $4 earnings per share. And the third characteristic we see here is we want to find companies that are capable of becoming overvalued. Now, typically, this should be possible because if a company is reliably earning their, growing their earnings from $1 per share to $4 per share over a 10-year period, that's the type of company that should be capable of becoming overvalued. They should be capable of supporting a PE ratio of 25 when people are excited about the company. And that's what you're looking for. You want to buy the company when people aren't excited about it, and you want to sell the company when people are excited about it. And that's expressed expressed in the ratio that they are willing to pay on those earnings. So that's our Davis Double Play example. Our second example is a deep value scenario. Here, our starting earnings per share is $2.50 per share. We're still buying the company at $10 per share. So the difference here is is now we're buying it at a P.E. ratio of 4. We're also going to continue to sell at $100 per share for the sake of our example. But in order to do that, the earnings per share that we're going to see is going to grow from $2.50 per share only to $5 per share. And this is instead of a 14% growth rate in earnings, we're looking at a 7% growth rate in earnings. This is a much more normal growth rate in earnings for a company over a 10-year period. So we're simply saying you're going to double your money, in your double your earnings over once every 10 years instead of once every five years. 
That's going to take the earnings per share from $2.50 to $5 per share. And because this is a slower growth company, we're going to say the ending price is $100 per share, which is a P.E. ratio of 20. It's common periodically to see slow, reliable growing companies, especially these high quality blue chips, trading at a P.E. ratio of 20, and they might grow in the range of 4 to 7% per year. So that's where you have this 7% growth rate, $5 per share of earnings, can turn into a $100 share price. Now, the difference here is you're still receiving a 25% plus rate of return for this investment. This is another 10-bagger. You're going from $10 per share purchase price to $100 per share sell price. The difference is, is instead of receiving 14% contribution from earnings growth, you're only getting a 7% contribution from earnings growth. That 7% difference has to be then made up with multiple expansion growth. And that's what you see. Your multiple has expanded from PE of 4 to a PE of 20. That's five times higher contribution towards those earnings than it was shown before. This might be a turnaround type of example. You have a company that's being going through a lot of hard times when you buy the stock. And then over the course of the 10-year period, they successfully turn it around and they're back to operating at a normal basis. This isn't an overvalued price at 20 earning 20 PE. It's just showing it's normal. They've put their problems behind them and they successfully turned around the business. And here, this is where you have a 17% rate of return simply from the multiple expansion. That rate of return is good on its own. When you combine that with the small amount of earnings growth, that 7%, you're able to get again this 25% annualized rate of return. So this is more of a deep value type play. This is where you're not necessarily relying upon earnings growth at all. You're really trying to rely on earnings multiple re-rating. So you're moving from that really low PE of a PE of four all the way up to a more high to normal PE of 20. Not necessarily trying to get it overvalued, but simply eliminating that undervaluation and bringing it into a normal high quality valuation of 20. <laughs> so on this example, what we learned is that you can receive over 15% of your rate of return simply from multiple expansion, as long as you buy it at a cheap enough price. If you can get a PE multiple below five, more in this deep value territory, you can start to achieve 10 bagger type returns as long as the earnings can grow at a reasonable rate. Not a fast rate, just a reasonable rate. Now my final example is an important example, but also my least favorite, because I think it's very hard to achieve this third example. And my third example is a hyper growth rate. Now these are the types of companies that people generally assume and target to achieve 10 baggers. These are the ones that everyone thinks about. These are the Amazons. These are the Googles. These are the Facebooks. These are the companies that you might think about growing at a very high rapid rate. And these are the ones that people are trying to achieve 10 plus 10 baggers with. But I also think they're the hardest to be successful with. So let's get into that. I'm going to keep this example very simple, simply to demonstrate the sorts of achievements that need to happen. So in this example, we're going to assume a starting earnings per share of 50 cents per share. 
Our starting purchase price is $10 per share, which means we're starting at a PE of 20. This is probably the most unrealistic part of the example because most of the companies with rapid hyper growth don't trade at a PE of 20, at least in the current 2020 market. There's times they have in the past, but in the current days, this is uncommon. But we're going to assume for now that you're able to buy a hyper growth company at a PE of 20. And your starting earnings per share is 50 cents per share. Now, the difference here is we're going to say the ending earnings per share is $5 per share, which means that the earnings per share growth rate is going to be 25% a year for over the 10-year period. You're going to receive a, a 10 bagger simply on the earnings. The earnings themselves are going to grow 10x. So they're going to go from 50 cents per share to $5 per share. And here we're going to assume zero contribution from multiple expansion, which means your ending price is $100 per share and a PE of 20. So you started at a PE of 20, you ended at a PE of 20. And I think this is very critical to understand for these examples. I'm simplifying this massively. I think a PE of 20 is typically where many companies are trading when they're high quality today. A lot of the companies today that have hyper growth will either now or in the future be seen as high quality companies, and they're likely to end their growth phase at a PE of 20. So I think it would be foolish to assume that they're going to trade at a higher multiple. But again, the big example here is that you can attain a 10 bagger over 10 years as long as earnings can grow at a rate of 25% or more every year and the multiple expansion stays, the multiple stays constant. The problem is, is that a lot of the hypergrowth companies in the market today trade at PE multiples much higher than 20. They might trade at a PE multiple of 50 or a PE multiple of 100. And if your PE multiple has to contract from 50 down to 20 or from 100 down to 20, well, now you've completely offset the earnings per share growth that you're going to achieve. So if you're going to buy into a hypergrowth company, you need to be very, very careful about the starting price you pay. Because the problem with buying a hypergrowth company at a PE above 20 is it would be a mistake to assume that you can still achieve multiple expansion. Throughout the other examples I've talked about, we're trying to achieve a 10-bagger through a combination of earnings growth and multiple expansion. I believe this is more sustainable, easier to identify, and less likely to result in a loss of money because our margin of safety still exists. We're still buying these companies at discounts to fair value. We're buying them at cheap prices. Price to earnings ratios below 10 allow you to be protected in your purchase price and to receive a return multiplier from the growth in the multiple over time, while also receiving the, the return from your earnings. Hypergrowth companies have a, the opposite problem. They are forced to deal with typically multiple contraction. My example excludes that simply to show that if you're able to achieve the earnings rate growth rate at a high enough amount, you can still get a 10-bagger. But you have to be careful and not overpay. 
So if you're able to find companies that are growing earnings at a 25% plus rate of return, and they're not trading for a multiple higher than 20, that can be an attractive investment. But I think those are rare, and I think you're unlikely to find those. Instead, let's focus simply on the key characteristics that I think are important for you to consider. Because the problem that most people are going to have after what they've listened to so far is like, okay, great, I can understand how achieving a 10-bagger works. I can understand you know, the math now behind how do I receive a 10x return. Um, but that's all great, but how do I find the right companies? How do I know if I've found a company like that? Well, what my goal with these examples was to show instead of tell those characteristics. But let's now tell what those characteristics are to make sure that we can be very explicit in understanding what they mean. The first characteristic to achieving these 10-bagger returns is a low price. You want to ideally target companies with a P.E. ratio below 10. The lower, the better. But it doesn't need to be rock bottom. Obviously, if you're able to buy profitable companies that aren't going to start losing money at a P.E. ratio of 1, that's going to be highly successful for you. But they tend to not exist. So I think P.E. of 10 is a good break point. If you can buy high-quality, growing companies at a P.E. ratio of 10 or less, you're likely to find a profitable area where you might be able to achieve these 10-bagger type returns because you're able to then participate both in the earnings growth and multiple expansion as they expand back towards a market multiple and potentially beyond. And I think that's the key. In our Davis Double Play example, we're talking about companies that have the potential to become overvalued, which means they need to have that growth component there. They need to be profitable. They need to have the you know some semblance of being high quality. But most importantly, they need to be a low price. If we're going to achieve substantial returns that exceed 25% a year, we need that low price to really provide the baseline for that multiple expansion. The second key component here is operating leverage. You should be able to grow your earnings faster than you grow your revenue. Now, this isn't necessary. You can find companies that are growing their revenue fast enough to make this work. They might be able to grow their revenue at 14% a year, and therefore, if their earnings grow at 14% a year, they might be able to sustain that. But it's a lot harder to sustain that growth rate for a long period of time. So what you'd like to see is a company that might be able to grow revenue at 10% a year, but their earnings at 15% a year. And they might be able to do that for a 10 to 15 year time period while you own the stock because they're beginning to benefit from operating leverage. This is where basically a company has a lot of fixed costs and their number of variable costs are low. So they can produce more components, more widgets without adding a lot of cost to their company structure, which means each incremental sale might increase earnings at a 50% operating profit. And if the current operating profit for the whole company is 20%, that means each increment of sale is going to start raising operating margins from 20% closer to 50% over time. So as the company is able to grow their revenue, you're going to see the margins grow over time. And that margin growth 
can be a supercharger for buying an investment that you're making over a shorter period of time. And here what I'm saying short period is 10 years. Now, for many people, 10 years is a long period. But a long period for me is something on the range of 25 or 30 years. What I'm saying here is if you're going to target a short period of time in a company's life, which could be five to 10 years, you want to find those companies that are experiencing the benefits of operating leverage now because you're going to be able to see those benefits in the rapid earnings growth rate. And that's likely to see multiple expansion as other investors really like seeing rapid earnings growth. Our example two gave us the key characteristic of turnarounds. One of the benefits of buying deep value stocks is that you have the benefit and capability of participating in profitable turnarounds. So if management is able to flip a business from being unprofitable or break even to profitable, it can lead to large earnings growth and multiple expansion. The market assigns low earnings multiples, like an earnings multiple of four or five or three, to turnaround companies, companies that have bad news in the headlines, companies with declining earnings, and unprofitable companies, companies simply earning break-even. And what happens then is if a company is able to start growing its earnings, if a company is starting to able to turn from unprofitable to profitable, and they're able to sustain that for three, four, five years, the market will eventually decide that it's no longer a black mark on the company, and it'll change the multiple that it subscribes to the earnings. So if you're able to have a company that's just barely eking out, you know, a million dollars a year, and they've been kind of flipping them between a million dollars a year in profit to, you know, maybe losing a hundred thousand dollars to four hundred thousand dollars in profit, and they're just kind of around that break-even part. But they're able to eventually grow their earnings to five million a year, and they're able to sustain that for three or four years. The market's going to say, "Hey, this company's now earning five million a year. It's really should be worth a hundred million dollars." Well, when they were break-even. They might have only been worth a couple million dollars. Now you have this huge benefit of multiple expansion because now they finally say, no, these earnings are real. These earnings are sustainable. And that flip, that switch being flipped can lead to massive multiple expansion. So that's what the deep value example is meant to communicate. The fourth key characteristic we want to talk about is a micro caps and nano caps. So the smaller companies are more likely to benefit from this behavior because they are maybe more overlooked. Finding overlooked stocks is important because you need to find the combination of high earnings growth and a low price. And the more people are aware of the stock, the more of a household name the stock is, the less likely you're going to have that same combination. There was a period of time where you could buy Apple stock at a low price, but at the same time, earnings growth was low and people didn't want to buy it. Now you have to pay a high price because they've turned around their business and they're starting to grow the service revenue. So it's now high price and high growth. You're not getting high growth without the high price in the large, well-known company names. But in small names, small microcaps, small nanocaps that most people don't know, 
Microcaps are companies with less than $300 million in market cap. Nanocaps are less than $50 million in market cap. These small companies are more likely to be overlooked and have less hedge fund managers looking into them, which means you're likely to be able to find these better investment ideas. And the fifth key characteristic is growth. Growth is critical to a 10-year 10-bagger. Now, you don't need growth to have a successful investment. These deep value examples I had would be just as just as worthwhile without growth. If you were to have a deep value investment, you could buy at a P.E. ratio of 4 and sell at a P.E. ratio of 20 with no earnings growth over the 10 years. That would still be a 17% annualized return with no earnings growth. So you don't necessarily need earnings growth to have successful investments. But you do need growth when you're starting to think about these 10-year 10-baggers. That growth is a critical component in allowing the multiple re-rate to occur and also allowing you to have the turbocharged growth to hit that 25% annualized rate of return threshold. So we have five key characteristics in summary. You need a low price. You need operating leverage. You're looking for turnarounds. You want to look at overlooked companies like microcaps and nanocaps, and you need growth. If you can achieve some combination or all of those five characteristics, you're setting yourself up with the potential to achieve 10 bagger investments. And it's simply a starting point here for you to start thinking about the types of characteristics that you need when you're trying to turbocharge the returns in your portfolio. My examples here today don't substitute for doing your own investing research and trying to make sure that the companies are still good companies to invest in. But these are the type of characteristics that I look for in my investments because I want to be able to achieve returns that exceed 10% rate of return, but also substantially succeed it. If I can have just one or two companies in my portfolio that achieve a 25% annualized rate of return, that will turbocharge the entire portfolio's performance and help me to massively outperform both my personal goals and my peers in the investing space. So thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope it has been helpful to you. The full show notes for this episode, including my outline for today's podcast, are available at diyinvesting.org slash episode 76. Finally, remember this is a listener-supported podcast. If you have gained value from today's content, please consider supporting the show financially as a patron. You can become a patron at diyinvesting.org slash p-a-t-r-o-n. Your financial support is what allows me to continue creating this free investing content without any advertisements. Just think, the lowest level of support I ask is simply a dollar per show. That's $5 a month, and it can be really helpful to helping me continue to put on the show and produce this free investing content. No, if you choose to become a patron of the show, you receive exclusive insights into my personal investing process through the DIYinvesting.org membership program. You can find out more information at DIYinvesting.org slash patron. Thank you for listening, and until next time, stop paying fees, start building wealth. Thank you for listening to the DIY Investing Podcast. Please visit our website and subscribe to our email list at DIYinvesting.org for guides, videos, and resources to help make you a better investor.
The DIY Investing Podcast is presented for general informational and entertainment purposes only. I have not considered your specific situation or risk profile, and I have not provided investment advice. The information presented on the DIY Investing Podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The views and opinions expressed on the DIY Investing Podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's host or sponsors. DIY Investing, its producers, sponsors, and host, Trey Henniger, shall not be liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based upon information or viewpoints presented on the DIY Investing Podcast.